Hi there, witchlings, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me at Chaotic Witchy Mama. I'm your host, Haley. On this channel, I really like talking about all things witchy, paganism, spirituality, and of course, parenting and how to include your children. Especially for me as a stay-at-home housewife and parent. Today on my Rasta is witchy burnout. <laughs> Because I am definitely suffering from burnout. And, you know, you always see all these daily spiritual practices. And those are all fine and dandy. I've got my own little daily routine. But even that, I do not, I'm not able to do that every single day. Because sometimes you just don't have the energy. And trying to force yourself to do something that you don't want to do or just don't feel like doing for me it's so hard like I could just stare at a task that I don't want to do for like five minutes and just not do it <laughs> like I think that's actually an ADHD paralysis thing like I get overwhelmed and I just like stare at it but I'm not staring at it I'm like looking through it past it like my eyes gaze over and I just kind of disassociate. Sometimes I've got a million things in my mind and sometimes I go numb. And I'm finally to the point in my life where I'm starting to be able to recognize that and acknowledge that and realize that like I need a break. I just can't do it so I'm not gonna do it right now. And that goes with chores around the house, you know, dishes, laundry, and even witchy stuff. I actively choose not to do anything on the Sabbaths, and I don't do a lot on the full moons and the new moons or any of that because it's really hard for me to schedule out when I can do things. Because even if I schedule it out, like I said, I'll come across the moment where, you know, it's time to do it. I got to do it. And then I just don't want to or I just cannot bring myself to do it. So I kind of started just doing things intuitively and kind of lazily. <laughs> and if you want to do things the lazy way, at least for a while, that's fine because... If you're not doing it at all, that's worse than doing it lazily. At least you're still trying to put it in your mind. If that makes sense, I don't know. What I do know is over the course of the last couple weeks, most of my practice has simply been lighting my morning candle, telling it thank you, and moving on with my day. Because I just don't have the time or energy right now to actively do any crafts or witchcraft I should say what I have been actively doing over the last like month I've been working really really hard to finish a cardigan I found a pattern on YouTube and I've been making a cardigan and from what I've seen online it takes most people 
like a week or two tops to do what I'm doing, but apparently it takes me like more than a month because I'm trying to do it casually around the house while I'm tending to my three, no, four kids because I babysit very regularly and I am very, very constantly interrupted and I just, I don't have the time to just sit down for hours at a time and do it like I would like to. Like right now I am standing in my son's room with my crochet project on top of their dresser and my phone is next to me and I am talking to my phone doing the prod podcast while I'm standing up crocheting on top of my child's dresser because I can't go sit in another room and do it. But I am so adamant about getting it done. Like, I want to get it done by the end of September so bad. And I'm so close. And, like, that is where my mind has been lately. I have just been trying so hard to get this sweater done. Because I'm really excited about learning it and making it. And I want to wear it. And just the closer I get to being done, I start getting excited and, like, giddy like a child <laughs> it's exciting when you find uh what i like to call a new fidget toy and you keep your hands busy and then you just shoot out productive things that are actually constructive in your life like i could use a new sweater i could use a cardigan now i'm making my own like that is so exciting to me and as i've mentioned before in my crocheting with magical intentions episode I can put magic into this as I do it. And like I said, sometimes I'm standing in my kids' room on top of the dresser doing my thing while they're running around behind me or I've got like my TV on or whatever. And other times I really do sit and focus on like the sweater keeping me comfy cozy for the fall because like that's what I'm going for lately. And the way I just said comfy cozy reminds me of a podcast and a book that I've been listening to. And I've read, I read this book so fast when I got it, um, but Comfy Cozy Witchcraft is about making yourself and your home just comfy and cozy with witchcraft, you know, making, like doing like a feng shui thing, right? And just putting everything in specific places for specific reasons and you do your magic spells for not only you, but just for your family. I don't know. It's a good book. And it's a really, really good podcast. And that's how I came across the book because I was listening to the podcast and she mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yes, let me go find that. Because a lot of the books that I've been reading lately are from people that I have been listening to their podcast for a while. So I've been supporting my fellow witches or warlocks or magic practitioners. Some of them don't go with the term witch like I do, which is fine. Quick side note, that book and podcast I just mentioned, I wanted to clarify, the book is not called Comfy Cozy Witch. That is the name of the podcast. The book is called Hearth and Home Witchcraft by Jenny Blonde, and it's Rituals and Recipes to Nourish the Home and Spirit. I just had to clarify that little accidental piece of misinformation. I was listening back to what I recorded, and I look over at the book, and I realize that I totally misnamed it. So, 
Cozy Comfy Witch is the name of the podcast, and the book, written by Jenny Blonde, who is also the host of Comfy Cozy Witch, the book is Hearth and Home Witchcraft. Thank you. I like calling myself a witch because it feels powerful to me. It's like when someone calls you a bitch with a capital B. It's like, okay, and? And like, why you say it like it's a bad thing? That's how I feel about being a witch with a capital W. I call back that name and I give it power. It's it's feared for a reason, right? So I kind of giggle and smile when people look at me with that frightened, worried look that I'm a witch because they're either afraid They're like, oh no, you're going to curse me. Or they're afraid that I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And they're like, you're working with the devil. Oh no. And that's obviously not the case either. Although I do know people who specifically work with Lucifer, Morningstar, you know, the devil, whatever. And that's fine too. But whatever the case, it's just... (laughs) I enjoy their fear. It fuels me. I'm like, yeah, cool. And next. And I keep on walking like, fuck everybody but me. (laughs) Next, I think I want to share a little bit of what my personal practice has actually been looking like lately. So as I kind of, as I mentioned earlier, um, I've been taking a step back from like the extravagant things and just trying to make things more oh simple and intuitive sorry my son just like leaved off the side of the couch onto me anyway i've just been really trying to take the simplistic approach to things and make things as quick and easy as possible and then sitting back and reflecting and just like letting my mind wander like i mentioned earlier too you know just light a candle and have your coffee and that's all it needs to be and for me personally it's in those moments of silence that I have the most extravagant experience and with me learning how to sit in the silence and I don't even mean like the silence of my mind, because like I said, I just let it wander. I just silence of the room. I have been making a point to try to get up really, really early before all of my kids. I make my coffee and I sit down, I light my candle and I spend some time alone in the dark with my candle lit just by myself. And like I said, it's in these moments that I have the best revelations. Because there's always so much around you, so much noise, so much things, just so much stimuli that it's hard for you to hear the universe talking to you and guiding you. And the more I started practicing in silence, even if my mind started to wander off and I had to bring it back to what I was, you know, gazing at or trying to focus on or like sometimes I'll sit with a question and I'll ask a question and then I'll just sit and try my best to just wait for something to like come to me. And they do. In these moments, I really do just like I'll get a knowing. I'll just suddenly know something to be true, like as if I've known it my entire life. I don't know what the clear word is for it, but I just get this sense that I know, you know, some people say they hear 
and I just I feel it even if it's something like a name which I'll get into a little more but just like a name sometimes just pops into my head and I've got to figure out why <laughs> with that said and the whole me being a silent and spending some time alone with my coffee and my candle thing I also have a little altar on top of my mantle in my living room on my hearth and I've been making a point to make daily not really even daily every couple days to like a week tops um offerings to Hestia the hearth goddess the goddess of home and house witchcraft and the eternal flame and I haven't really talked about her much quite yet, but I really want to start because I have been, in my opinion, gaining a relationship with her because I've been actively giving her wine. That's my offering lately is mostly wine. Sometimes I sprinkle in a little bit of chamomile or lavender or whatever. I just kind of feel like maybe she wants or maybe it's the energy that I'm looking for. Um... That's kind of part of why I've been inviting her into my home to spend time with us because she just has this very kind and empathetic energy about her. She's got this patience about her. She's got this ability to rise above the nonsense around her. She can stand calmly in the midst of chaos and I really, really need that in my life. I'm trying so hard to learn how to stand calmly in the midst of chaos and just back away from the nonsense and just not be a part of it like she did. She was able to just step away and be peaceful and, have, you know, like create a space of warmth and love. And I really... Like I said, I just need that in my life. So I've been making offerings to her. And as I've been doing that, I've been just getting a lot more, let's say, intuitive notions of, like, the energies of her. Like, what she can offer. Which I kind of just listed off. All of the ways that I interpret her energies. Like, what she's providing for me as I'm giving her these offerings and I'm saying you know prayers to her every day just acknowledging Hestia in general has been a huge part of my practice lately because as I've also mentioned I've been lazy on doing extravagant rituals and stuff and a lot of my practice lately has mostly just been research and saying a quick prayer and sitting quietly for the response and that is definitely something that I've taken advantage of before like for some reason I just actively avoided working with deities or even looking into them I just wasn't quite interested and I kind of just started doing like I said the prayers it wasn't even originally to Hestia in the first place it was just to the house wit to the house spirit to the hearth spirit to you know, the fire that I was lighting and the name Hestia started popping up for me and I started looking into her and I realized that like she was here. And so I started doing the research on her folklore and mythology and I've started doing 
Like I said, the offerings, I've never really done that for like a deity or a goddess before. And I'm really enjoying the experience. And you know, I think the fact that I even started working with Hestia and started praying to the spirit of like I said, house and home and family, whatever that was, and Hestia is what came up for me, really helps me believe that there are these entities or spirits or guides or just the universe and whatever interpretation it sends you personally. Like something is out there helping and guiding, whether you can see or hear or feel it or not. And with all of the stuff that I was doing for so long was just so much that I couldn't sit still physically and mentally long enough to listen. And just shutting the heck up and listening has really brought me to wanting to explore more with deities and spirits and guides and stuff like that with that said i want to give a little sneak peek of the next um deity i am going to start looking into and give you just a little reason why i'm deciding to look into a new deity as well as hestia so long story short i was watching a show and they had a baby and then it was named chloe and instantly, I just kind of was like, hmm, okay, Chloe, hi. For some reason, that just kind of, like, gave me a reaction. Next day, I was watching a show with my husband, completely different show. Somebody else just had a baby, and then they named that baby Chloe as well. And I was just like, wow, that's like two Chloes two days in a row. That's interesting. Okay, I see you. I'm listening. And then the next day after that, so three days in a row now, I came across another Chloe. And I almost missed this one because it was actually a kid's show that my children were watching. And I almost missed it because I was just, I don't know, reading or playing on my phone. I don't even remember what I was doing. But I do remember my son turning to me saying, Mommy, Mommy, pretend to be Chloe and I'll be Bluey. <laughs> I bet you can guess what show I'm talking about now. Um, so apparently there's a Chloe in the kids' show Bluey that I didn't know. And so that was three days in a row. I heard the name Chloe on three different separate shows. One that I was watching and had no idea. One that my husband was watching and invited me in. And one that one my kids were watching. And then, like I said, I almost missed it. And my kid drew attention said, Mommy, Mommy, Chloe. And I was like, hold up, hold up, what? What? Excuse me? <laughs> and that's when I really realized. I was like, that's not a coincidence. Somebody or something named Chloe is trying to talk to me. So then I start doing research on the goddess chloe or chloe and mythology trying to figure out what i could find on chloe so then upon having no effing idea what i was looking into i came across epithets i'm probably saying that word so wrong so it's spelled e-p-i-t-h-e-t -E epithet 
I don't know. But it basically means a by name that is a descriptive term or phrase that is accompanying the place or name of a fictitious person, place, or thing. So, like, it's just, like, a description added upon a name. Like, um, like, like, Richard the Lionheart and Alfred the Great or Sulman the Maleficent. I don't know. I'm just trying to read off names off of Wikipedia right now. So please excuse my pronunciations, but like you get my point. Kind of like my name, right? Chaotic Witchy Mama. Like I am a chaotic witchy mama. Haley, like that is an epithet on top of my name, Haley, chaotic witchy mama, Haley. So, and so apparently the name Chloe in Greek mythology and or the epithet name Chloe means blooming or fertility, which makes sense in Two out of the three cases, it was a newborn baby. Fertility right there, right? And blooming because, like, if you ask me, it's, um, you know, inside of you, blooming, right? And then it blossoms out of you into, like, a child. I don't, I don't know. I just made that up right now. I don't know what I'm talking about, y'all. <laughs> anyway, it basically is an epithet or extra name or characteristic given to... Da -da 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 -da, drum roll. Demeter, the goddess of the harvest, who is also in Greek mythology, like Hestia, and I'm pretty sure is the second born and swallowed right after Hestia. Anyway, I just find it kind of ironic that not only is it Greek mythology that just keeps happening to, like, speak to me. Like, I wasn't going out of my way to look into Demeter until Chloe popped up a few times and I just had to get to the bottom of who the heck is Chloe and why does it feel like I'm being spoken to. But not only is it Greek mythology, it's like the same family tree <laughs> siblings reaching out to me. I just feel like there's got to be something to it and I cannot wait to look more into that and figure her out and get a relationship there as well as the one I've been working on with Hestia. You know, and it is, or uh, Mabon just passed, and it is harvest time, and we have been working on bringing stuff from our garden into the house, harvesting it and doing that whole thing. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe all the Greek stuff is just really like my thing and i'm gonna start really deep diving into everything greek mythology starting now and that's going to be part of my uh lazy practice is just research researching what's calling out to me and at the moment it's mostly hestia and apparently demeter or at least i think demeter definitely hestia but i'm i'm gonna figure it out anyway that's a uh, that's about all I got time for right now, and uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me, and I hope y'all have a lovely Maybon and a lovely fall season, and I'll see you back in the next week or two. <laughs> thank you.